0: Uh, good evening, people of podcast land. This is President Iraq Obama. and when I'm in Russia, not busy pressing the reset button, I like to listen to the Mark in Russia podcast. Now, I learn more from this podcast than I do from my own advisors. Besides, uh, he's a good diplomat, perhaps better than Hillary. So, now, rather than listening to the same old TV programs, it's time for change. You can believe it. Listen to the Mark in Russia podcast. Mark, you're the man. This is the second installment of my series showing the effects of sanctions and the true feelings, or just feelings, of Russians during these politically charged times. Now, I don't pretend, like NPR and all other liberal outlets, to be unbiased. So kindly, don't try to point that out. Don't try to point out that I'm biased. Perhaps it's better to just say I'm honest. This episode will start with the annual New Year's greeting to the Russian people from their president. It is long, about five minutes total. I mean the speech is that long, but it makes for good comparison to speeches that spill diarrheally hey look, I just invented a new word, from the great leader Obama's mouth during his long castro like speeches. Of particular note is the almost absence of I, me, and mine from the speech, and the inclusion of references to love of country. These, of course, are the opposite of what Americans have to bear with when and if they listen to the great leader. After the New Year's address to the Russian people, I'll insert a number of interviews with just regular Russians as they speak of their hopes and fears for the year 2015. Although I wouldn't call this compelling radio storytelling, I do call it a story that should be heard. Oh, by the way. Hatred towards Obama does not mean love of Putin, so all of you Obama-psychophants can shove that thought, well, right up your asses. Well, let's listen.
1: Friends The new year of 2015 is about to begin. As always, we look forward to it with anticipation, making wishes, giving gifts, and traditionally seeing in the new year with family and friends. An atmosphere of kindness, goodwill, and benevolence warms our hearts opening them up to pure thoughts and honourable deeds and giving hope. Naturally, everyone is concerned primarily about the well-being of their own family, wishing health and happiness to their near and dear ones. The happiness and success of each individual make up the well-being of Russia. Love for one's motherland is one of the most powerful and enlightening feelings. It has found its reflection in our fraternal aid to the residents of Crimea and Sevastopol after they made the firm decision to return to their native home. This event will remain a landmark in national history. Friends, now as we reflect on the outgoing year, I would like to sincerely thank you for your unity and solidarity, for your innermost truthfulness, honor, justice and responsibility, for the fate of your country, for your invariable readiness to defend Russia's interests to be with it both in days of triumph and in times of trial, to strive for the implementation of our bravest and grandest of plans. Only a few years ago, the Sochi Olympics were no more than a dream. Meanwhile, it not only became true, we not only prepared and hosted the best-ever Winter Olympics, but we also won them. This victory has been achieved by all citizens of this country,
2: both the Olympic
1: athletes and those who supported them. In the coming year,
2: we are facing
1: quite a few tasks, and the year will be as good as we make it, depending on how efficient, creative and effective each one of us is. There are no other recipes, We need to implement all our plans for our own sake, for the sake of our children,
2: for the sake of Russia, friends,
1: The New Year is knocking at our doors. It's time to let it in and say words of kindness to our near and dear ones. Time to thank them for their understanding and reliability, for their patience and care. The more kindness and love there is around, the more confident and powerful we become, which means we will definitely be successful. Happy 2015 to you.
0: culture lesson here. For many Russians, it's a tradition to write down their New Year's wishes on a piece of paper as the clock starts striking midnight, burning the paper, putting the ashes in their champagne glasses along with champagne, and drinking it as the final stroke of midnight tolls on the Kremlin clock tower. The Russian national anthem, no offense to the anthem, but it's really long. You know, this may seem weird, but it also conjures up images from the Wizard of Oz when I hear it. Specifically, marching armies in the sky darkened with clouds of flying monkeys. Off topic a bit, but even in a world full of nuclear weapons, the first country to come up with million monkey army that can fly will Trump nuclear weapons. I mean any country that awoke to the sight of a sky darkened by these clouds of flying monkeys would give up immediately. Something about those monkeys that scares the crap out of me, visit. Here's Anastasia, a working Russian in her mid-30s.
3: Well, actually, uh, I do have some fears because it's impossible not to have any concerns and worries living in, in
0: Russia. It's interesting here to note, and Anastasia is not an exception, but rather the rule amongst Russian people, that Russians are no strangers to hardship and typically harbor no illusions concerning the outcome of various situations here. They are not just blindly patriotic and usually know what type of outcome to expect from various political and economic situations.
3: I know that it's going to be uh, a little bit more difficult, maybe in uh, from a financial point of view, uh, but it will uh, just mean uh, that I will need to work a little bit harder. Probably. Uh, I don't think that I will have uh, a lot of problems or uh, um, financial difficulties, at least I hope. And I uh, do hope that I will be able to go on holiday. And
0: Another trait that reminds me of the U.S. in times past, such as when I was younger, we hear Anastasia say that perhaps she will have to work harder this year in order to maintain her same lifestyle. No mention of collecting money from the government or even going on food stamps and disability to survive without working harder because these so-called solutions, or what I call Marxist socialist solutions, are not available here in Russia. So here, people need to just practice the old American work ethic and put their shoulder to the grindstone. My word, what a topsy-turvy world we live in. Everything's upside down. Svetlana is a working Russian mother in her mid-30s.
3: It's not very good that the dollar is growing more and more expensive because people like to travel. And so traveling is going to be very, very expensive this summer, much more expensive than last summer if, it's, if it continues growing. But as long as you don't travel, you don't care. Because things that you buy here, they, you buy them for rubles, not for dollars or euros or... I do know some people who are worried about that because they are used to, they got used to traveling with their families every summer. They go to Italy. They, most of them go to Europe, so it's going to make a difference for them. Yes, definitely.
0: It should also be noted that many in the West do not realize Russians are really world-class travelers, and as a percent of the population, they travel a lot more than their Western counterparts. Tourist destinations will feel the absence of this, when summer rolls around. And when I say tourist destinations, I'm speaking of European, I'm speaking of North America, Turkey, Egypt, many other places. Next, we'll hear Anastasia speaking about crisis planning.
3: My parents uh, have taught me to Mm, be ready for any crisis in life and as my father has already survived two economic <laughs> economic crises he knows how to, to, to live uh, in such sort of circumstances and uh, he gives me support and uh, gives me advice what to do and uh, I've got kind of backup plan, <laughs> something I have already saved up for uh, a rainy day So that's why I hope that it will help me in this year.
0: Mikhail is a high school student, but even the young in Russia have hopes and fears for the coming year.
4: My name is Mikhail. Actually, I don't have any predictions, but I certainly have hopes. Uh, Although uh, every time I read news, I get more and more uh, frustrated. Uh, Those hopes which uh, would affect my education and my future life. I did not have any uh, travel plans before this uh, situation with ruble, so uh, it hasn't changed. To be honest, I feel worried. By this time, uh, all these uh, sanctions have not affected me. Piotr is
0: a young man in his late 20s. He is the kind of guy that the West would love to win over. But the methods being used now almost assure that this will not happen.
2: I think uh, that uh, the situation uh, won't improve uh, and uh, won't be uh, improved and uh, I think it will affect me. But I'm not worried about this because actually I'm not going to travel uh, in the United States. Well, I'm actually I'm going to uh, to to go in, in Europe, so yes, it will affect me somehow. It will uh, be worse than it is now. Well, because it's kind of political struggle, so that's why the United States will will try to uh, press uh, on us. Maybe okay, can I say so? Okay. Uh, I don't think uh, that uh, the United States uh, and uh, Russia uh, are real enemy, but they are rivals. That's why, well, it happens.
0: Because of the current problems between Russia and America, the Russian-American relationship has lost a generation over here in Russia and will not normalize any time in the near future. Blame can't be assigned totally to either side, but I think it's important for average, intelligent Americans to understand that this is not a fight of good versus evil, although both sides see things this way. The presentation of Ukraine as just a peaceful democracy-loving country is a media myth. There is plenty of good and bad to go around in Ukraine at this time also. Only the very stupid listen to and believe the mainstream media and the same can be said of most of the Russian media. If you want to have a more informed opinion, it's best to hear parties on the ground in the areas in question. Having lived in Russia for about 15 years, when I returned to the States for visits, my sons are often embarrassed by some of the non-PC stuff that comes out of my mouth. They excuse this by saying that because I've lived in Russia for so long, I've taken on Russian characteristics and attitudes. And this is not a bad conclusion to reach, but in my case, it's not correct. In fact, I am a fairly typical American male who was, let's call it, frozen in time 15 years ago in terms of American culture and attitudes. So when I go to the States to visit, it's really like this frozen man has been thought out in giving those around him a peek into American culture 15 years ago. A more golden period, in my opinion. Let's finish this episode with Konstantin, a young Russian man in his mid-twenties.
4: My name is Konstantin. Uh, I think our, our economy in this era uh, was slow uh, uh, because uh, I think the uh, uh, course uh, uh, of our government is not right. Uh, they are very aggressive uh, uh, for or other countries uh, uh, also uh, Russia is a resourced uh, country resource-based, uh, have a resource-based uh, economic and uh, our future depends uh, on uh, oil price. I have a, a plan to visit uh, the US this year and uh, I uh, don't want to change it uh, and uh, I'm going to visit uh, uh, the U- US in uh, May this year